I defeat it? The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Yes. I've met them. I don't like bullies. I don't care where they're from. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. Guys, I'm bringing a party to you. You ready for another bout? Why, you getting sleepy? Welcome back to week number two. Obviously, we've got our audio issues figured out. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody that was listening last week with the feedback and getting through the miserable audio. Uh, this week, we've got a big Marvel episode. We'd have a special guest in with us today, a good personal friend and Marvel expert, Richard Alexander. And, of course, Greg is here as well. Who's Who's here? Who? Uh, you. Okay. The brains awesome. the brains of this outfit. Oh, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, Richard Alexander, a good friend of mine, a uh, Marvel expert, and wanted to bring him in for our special Marvel episode. Thank you, Mike. Uh, not too much pressure, but uh, I've been collecting comics since I was nine years old, have thousands and thousands, enough that uh, my wife is pretty close to divorce me unless I get rid of some of the comics. But um, it's a pleasure, man. I, I listen to the week one episode and loved every second of it. Listen to all 75 minutes of it and really enjoyed it. Awesome. That is a glowing review. We'll, so before we we'll get, before that. we get on the Marvel thing, uh, is it the wife or the comics? Which one will it be? No, it's, I'm keeping the wife. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> you, you, you sound like that wasn't a hard choice at all. <laughs> no, the, the, the problem is, and I was talking to Mike about this, that you know, I have a lot of money in all those comic books, and I just don't want to give them away. Yeah. You know, and that's that's part of the problem. I've got that issue with a whole just ass ton of football cards from the early 90s that are worthless, but I know the second I throw them in a dumpster, there's going to be that $400,000 autograph card from somebody that's going to sell on eBay, and then I'll just have to, you know. I can fix the whole problem. Keep Annie. She's super cool. Store your comics here. I'm cool with that. That way you're not giving them away. I'll, t- I'll here, take care of that. Here we are. Top five for fighting. <laughs> solving the world's problems yes. one at a time. World peace, one bu- one issue at a time. Next week, California. <laughs> All right. Um, and as always, we are encouraging everybody that's listening and being involved to send feedback. Send us comments. Send us tweets. Tell us we're right. Tell us we're wrong. Whatever it may be. Uh, any kind of interaction is always going to be fun. And Greg has our contact info. Uh, the, the easiest place right now is go to Facebook. Uh, look, Search top five for fighting. Uh, follow us. That way you will be uh, see all the posts. It'll be just like friending us. Um, we're going to put updates up there about what the upcoming shows are, uh, what we got. Uh, we had uh, significant server issues with our, with our uh, provider last week. We were actually trying to post it on Monday. We didn't get it posted till late Friday night. We're going to try and get these episodes released early in the week, probably Monday, Tuesdays. Uh, uh, they're, they're having a little bit of an issue with their server. They did a huge upgrade and just, you know, the kinks. Uh, solid people over there. They've been in good contact with us um, and more than happy with what we got going on. That's, that's Podomatic.com. They have a free app that you can upload, and you can download that, and you can search us and follow us there as well. And you can, uh, you can uh, follow or you can download the uh, podcast and listen to them. Uh, hopefully by the next time we talk we'll be on iTunes and Spotify but that's for stuff in the future oh, we really are moving up in the big leagues we are getting our turn at bat in our own minds mm-hmm. now before we get going there's one thing that I have to say I know this is a Marvel episode but in the intro of course you heard the Joker on DC's worst day 
they can sit there and just look in the look in your face and go, yeah, Heath Ledger, bitch, and then walk away, and you can't you can't even argue with that. That's a good point. So okay, well, you know, that might possibly be the the most complete, perfect uh, uh, superhero movie of all time. The, the Dark Knight is is incredible, and I don't like to make I don't like to make Marvel versus DC. I wish DC was as good as Marvel because then I wouldn't need my wife. We can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> I meant for Mar. I meant for DC, not your wife. I, I'm I'm kidding, honey. Please don't listen to this. Okay, so here we go. Um, obviously, Captain Marvel came out this week, and we figured to start off with this Marvel as a whole, because of course, Endgame is what we're less than we're just about a month away. April 26th, 40 some days away from Endgame. So, we wanted to start this off with Marvel because I believe that obviously us three here uh, and any most of the other guys and that are listening are all Marvel fans, comic book movie fans. So to start this off, um, Richard, of course, since you're the expert, what got you into comics? Well, I think for me is, you know, just the escape part of it. I fell in love immediately with Peter Parker. And the reason because, you know, Stanley always talked about that Peter was the everyday teenager. You know, he had zits, he got pimples, he couldn't get the girl. He was a brainiac, you know, he was uh, into science. He loved it's everything like that was... like looking in a fucking mirror. Yeah, he sounds like... Right. And all of a sudden, you looked at him and you went, oh my God, Peter's me, I'm Peter. And I think I identified with that. I did incredibly well in school, and I just loved everything about Peter Parker. You know, that was an unknown during that time to sell a superhero who's a teenager, and all of a sudden, he has the strength of, you know, he's a... You know, class 15, a class 20, which means, you know, if, if you're a class 20, for instance, that means you can lift 20 tons. So that's how they rate superheroes in the Marvel Universe. It, it was just falling in love with Peter and then falling in love with what Marvel was doing with their characters. Uh, you know, like the, the mutants, for instance, when they came along, it was just unknown. They just didn't do that back yeah. then. Yeah. Um, I, I think the cool thing about comics back then and uh, kids are our age, kids today don't understand it. Uh, what we did. I mean, for instance, we were all old enough that when we wanted to watch cartoons, we were up at Saturday mornings at six o'clock. We didn't have instant access to all this stuff. And the fact that we do have that, that's that's incredible. And, and it's great for our kids, but it also, when you got to go to the stand and the new issue of Fantastic Four was out and you were like, oh, dad, 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 it was it was a big deal. Comics were... You couldn't do movies like you do then. You, they, they just didn't, you know, I mean, I remember watching the old Spider-Man television show on TV and he'd stick his hand out and flip his web and next thing you saw was rope coming in oh from the God, side of the screen. Horrible right, movies. Right, And we were like, yes, this is the best. When this is coming back. It, 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 the comic books, they just, I mean, frankly, the reason I got into them was because I had a penis. I was a boy and I was <laughs> super superheroes and you're, you're just crushing stuff at that point because it was, that, that's where it was. That's what you had. No video games? Yeah, I was actually late. I mean, I was aware of comics. I didn't get into them like, like you guys did. It. So I had a couple like old books from my grandfather and stuff that were fun to read. But what did it for me is when uh, I was actually working with Greg, and that was right around the time that Wolverine Origins came out, um, just before that, actually. And I wasn't even familiar with who Deadpool was yet, but our boss at the time, one of our supervisors at the time, was like, I was like, give me something to read. Like, Walking Dead was come, getting ready to come out. I didn't know that was a comic book. A lot of people that today don't even know that that's a, that was a graphic novel for since 2001, I believe. 
Um, so he brought me in a stack of Deadpool. He goes, hey, you're kind of a smart ass. Read this. You'll like it. And then here we are. Yeah. So that yeah, that sure. was, uh, it, I was definitely late to the party, but when I read those first few issues of Deadpool, I, my head exploded. And then now I've got tubs full of comics, which was cool. Which um, is actually the definition of what makes you a man. True. Yeah, exactly. So that being said, uh, just we'll go real quick around favorite character, all time comics or movies. And Richard, we'll start with you. Well, for me, it's either a toss up between uh, Peter Parker or Steve Rogers. And I, I think it has a lot to do with just the purity of the characters. You know, Steve Rogers, again, if, if you follow Marvel, you know, he's one of the few people that can lift Thor's hammer. And there's a reason for that, you know, because he's worthy, obviously. And uh, Peter's the same way, you know, they both, they both maintain that, you know, no killing under any circumstances whatsoever. And there's a reason for that, because it's true to their heart and who they are and what they are. So to me, it's either Steve Rogers or Peter Parker, and for the same reason, they're just so pure of heart. They do the right thing for the right reason, even when nobody's looking. So that's in a nutshell for me. Mine was always Spider-Man. Mine was Spider-Man because he was he was a smartass. The the things that he would say while he was fighting, I loved it. Um, obviously, as a kid, you love Spider-Man. As an adult, you love Deadpool. I mean, they're really kind of one and the same with their with their mentality of the way they handle it and approach stuff. But um, Spider-Man just has really always kind of been my number one. Yeah, it's like I've said before. Deadpool was the one that really got me into it for obvious reasons because the the, the sheer sarcasm. Um, which I've been told on a few occasions I have a little bit of. Um, the issues that Spider-Man and Deadpool are together are some of the funniest comics I've ever read. Absolutely. The most entertaining. Yeah, those are great. Because he just continually pokes and prod at Peter to get him going, and it's, it's just hilarious. But like what you said, Richard, if, if I could be pick any superhero in all of comics, it probably would be Steve Rogers. He's just the ultimate American in yep. the day and age we live in now. Um, hey, language. It's Yeah, language. It's just awesome, and he's just one of those characters that just has everything. Like, what's the, the line in the first one? He's like, what, why do you want to kill Nazis? So I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies, no matter where they're, where they're from. So um, that was something that really stood out when I saw that first movie, which was great. And speaking of movie, we will get to that list in a little while. So now let's move into the MCU as a whole. This is going to be 22 movies now. Endgame is going to be the 22nd or 23rd, if, if I'm not mistaken. Endgame so the 22nd. Way back when, 11 years ago, um, when this whole thing started with Iron Man, which, and honestly, if that movie flops, we're not sitting here. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not talking about this. So that, that movie was crucial. So, Richard, I'll throw this to you. What's your thoughts on the MCU as a whole? Everything we've seen up to date now for the past 10 plus years. Well, if the MCU had a batting average, they'd be what, maybe eight, nine hundred. So they'd be hitting every nine out of 10 pitches. So it, it, they've been brilliant. They've been incredibly careful with the property. They have the right man, which is Kevin Feige, you know, with the vision and the determination to see it through. You know, very protective of the MCU. He understands what it means to the fans. More often than not, again, we're talking about an 800, 900 batting average. They get it right. And the times they don't get it right, and that's when I get the most upset about it. You know, and Mike, you and I have talked about one particular character that they haven't done justice to yet. And, you know, as far as creating a universe, I mean, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's, it's been brilliant. 
and it's been fun. It's been a great ride. And they've, you know, since uh, making the brilliant decision of getting Robert Downey Jr., as Mike just said, you know, just backpacking on that, uh, getting Robert Downey Jr. to play Iron Man, and, you know, he's been critical to the success of the MCU. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Uh, I think all their casting's been fantastic. Um, you know, I liked Edward Norton as Hulk uh, to begin with. Uh, apparently, he was a little bit difficult to work with. But when you told me Mark Ruffalo was going to be the Hulk, I was like, what? Oh, I was saying. Perfect. perfect. I agree. It's amazing. Um, I, like, I like that they have the ability as Disney to say it's got to be perfect. I think I think that Sony, with their franchises that they still have their hands on, they don't succeed everywhere that they go. So they have to make sure and pump these these movies out. You know, the X Men's probably like what every third one are worth seeing. Uh, you know, the maybe maybe. Uh, you know, the Marvel has sat here and said, okay, this is our vision. And they all sat down in a room at the beginning and they said, this is our first phase. This is our second phase. And there was none of this bullshit that they pulled like in Spider Man three. Where they said, "Well, you know oh, what? We got to make this. We got to make this big. Well, th- 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 to prove my point, they, we got to make this big. So, let how many bad guys can we can we put into a movie and legitimately waste all three of them? All three of the bad guys were were were, were wasted in that movie. So, Mar- Disney has said, this is how it's going to work. This is where we're going to go. They got they got one chief and a lot of Indians, and they're all taking the orders and they're doing it the way it needs to be done." Um, how, how how can you fail like that? I know it's a podcast, but you want to see Richard's face cringe? Sure. Jazz hands Peter Parker. Oh, oh yeah, that's that was raindrops keep falling home. on my head. <laughs> that's that was, not rain, Peter. <laughs> that's not rain. That was absolutely awful. Yeah, I know it was, it was terrible. It was, it was brutal. It, it was so bad, and I was so pumped for that movie because I'm like, holy shit, you're gonna have venom, and didn't even know. Sandman was in it until you went and saw it. The only thing they did right with that movie was they hid Sandman in that. They they did him they, justice. They they, they 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 but you didn't even know he was there. You Correct. thought it was all Venom and Green Goblin, uh, Green Hobgoblin, Hobgoblin in the third one, right? right. And he, that's what that's what you thought. And then you show up and you're like, holy shit! And, and then you're like, how how can you how can you do this? You, I mean, is this movie four hours long? I, I just love that they've taken this whole uh, they've, this whole arc. And that they have put it together where there's nobody saying, well, I want my movie to do this and I want my movie to do that. I think that that's the key. And, and, and hey, when you've got Disney's money, you can afford to do it right. To expand on that, I think a good point of that is with this movie Endgame coming up. Disney, I think there was at some point when Disney acquired Marvel, people got nervous. Like, are they going to? pussify this whole thing because now it's Disney and Disney's scared about offending anybody and they they don't want to put out a certain thing like I know I was terribly nervous that when they bought Marvel and Fox that Deadpool was dead literally like we weren't going to see it again thankfully they saw the money that that movie was making and that's not the case but Endgame coming out is three hours long the Russos have said that and Disney is fine with that they're not looking at screen time they're not looking at limited showings less money this movie is going to make all the money and then some. But like you just said and Richard said, the vision's there. They're letting things go. They're letting them handle their business and doing it the right way. They're not rushing. Nothing's rushed in Marvel. Like we're, we're just, you know, there are events now. When these movies comes out, I know when uh, Richard and I were teaching together, 
uh, a few of our other buddies, like, you know, these were events. We planned around these big movies coming out, and it's a couple times a year, and it's great. The last two years, who's been the special sponsor during the college football national championship game? It was Black Panther and Captain Marvel. These things are huge. These these are becoming national events. Um, also, on their success, I, doing research for this and trying to figure out the things that I wanted to talk about, I, I pulled up on Wikipedia the list of all the Marvel movies through this first three phases, and it had their domestic gross, their worldwide gross. I think all but one of these movies is top 200 in money, and I think four of them are top 10 all time. It's insane. That's nuts. That it blows my mind. For comic book movies. Yeah. And, like, you know, speaking on that, like, there was something that happened, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Richard, I'm sure you probably saw this, that um, Bill Maher was trashing comic book movies. Um, it was when, I believe it was Black Panther, the whole craze about that, getting nominated for Best Picture or whatever, and we'll get to that. Um just trashing an entire genre of movies that people look forward to going to see, and obviously people are going because these things are making hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars now. So um, I don't understand how you can have that view and not like something like comic book movies. No, I agree, and I I know a little bit about that. I didn't see that particular episode, but not everything has to be The Godfather or Citizen Kane. You know, it's entertaining. There's obviously an audience because, as Mike just said, they're spending – people are spending – they're not just going once. They're going twice, three, four, five times. You know, that's what made Titanic, you know, gross over $600 million at the domestic box office. People were going to see that movie eight, nine times. Same thing with the MCU. People are just going and having multiple viewings. You know, I saw Infinity War in the theater nine times. That's a lot of money I gave Disney. Uh, I'm going to have to ask you to leave now. <laughs> okay. That's not enough. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, and it goes to my point. It's just, it's just what they're creating. They're taking their incredibly sweet time and for, for the right reason because they, they're building a universe. Speaking of that, Marvel's turned into, like, the world's best dog trainer. When the movie ends and the credits start rolling, nobody fucking moves. Nobody. You don't move. You yeah. sit there and you know. I'm, there's even when we go see movies that aren't Marvel. Like, I, my initial hesitation is, why are you getting up? Like, oh, shit, it's not a Marvel movie. But is there something after the credit? Like, now it's ingrained in your head. You don't get up. Yeah. You no, don't you're, leave. You're right. You're right. Um, They've trained us. And that's that's phenomenal. Um, there's a couple of uh, people that I listen to podcast-wise that do, they do some stuff. Uh, they talk about different things. And one of the things that he doesn't do is uh, he does a movie podcast. And one of the things that he does not do anymore is he does not watch trailers. He refuses. He says because... The trailer, if I watch the trailer, I'm going to know stuff I don't want to know going to the movie. He said, I would rather sit down at a movie and not know anything about it. And that is pretty much something that Marvel has done successfully with their movies. They'll give you that tease. They give you that tease that, you know, the, hey, they teased us at the end of Captain Marvel. We still don't know what the fuck's going down in Endgame. We, we, there's, there's, we, it's, I, think it's, I think it's awesome that they do that. And I also think that it's incredible that when you do sit there, you're forced to read some of those names of those people that work so hard on that movie, and they. And I yep. know those people get paid, but hey, it's you know it's nice to know that you know, Joey Johnstone was you know third gaffer. Well, with what they've done, they deserve it, obviously. But um, shit, I had a point it was going on too, and I was and totally forgot where I was going to go with that. God damn you, Just Greg! Cut me off next time. You're smarter than I am, anyway. Um, yeah, no shit. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. The Endgame trailer. We've seen two now. I don't yeah. even call them trailers because teasers. I read yeah. those teasers. Both of those teasers. All of the footage that you see in each of those teasers 
takes place in the first 15 minutes of the movie. You've seen, you, we know nothing. And that's one thing that I love about what the Russos have done. You don't know what's going on. It's top secret. It's, it's kept under wraps. J.J. Um, Abrams is, no, is known notoriously for the secrecy of movies. Uh, thank God he's doing the next Star Wars movie. That'll be a different episode. Burning Hell, Ryan Johnson. Um, but with what they've done in not letting stuff out early, it's, I, I think it's, it's just very well done. I just want to speak to that for just a second because a friend of mine just asked me, do you think we're going to get a trailer before the Endgame movie comes out? I and don't I, want a trailer before it comes out. I, I said to him, we already saw the trailer. It's called Infinity War. That's what I said to him. I said, because what, what more do you need? What are you, what are you a fucking lawyer? <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we all agree on that. That's been pretty good. But I know there's just one topic that's burning at Richard to talk about that I think is valid is what we've seen in the MCU so far. Now, granted, not everything can be comic accurate, but the portrayal of Thor has been severely underdone. We've gotten glimpses, like in Ragnarok, was some of the best, I think, the best Thor that we've seen so far, with the exception of the one scene in Infinity War where he busts out with the the, the axe, Stonebreaker, which was just awesome. But um, let's go ahead and discuss that, Richard, with Thor so far in the movies. All right, I'm trying to trying to keep the heartbeat down, but and and I've talked about this with Mike from as day one, and that the problem I have is that they have yet to do justice to Thor. Thor in the comics, I mean, he really is a god. It's not just a name. And the second part is he's a world breaker. I mean, he is just as powerful as DC Superman, and he is, you know, I mean, he's easily a class one hundred. He can do so many things that the, the MCU has yet to touch on. And, and they, for instance, I, I'll just give you a perfect example. In, in the comics, Mjolnir can open up time portals. You know, and, th- and that, Mjolnir's gone in the MCU, right? But, you know, that's one aspect they just never did. I mean, he had to, he had to travel via the Bifrost, for instance. But they have yet to touch on the strength and compass, uh, capacity and stamina of Thor. In the comics, Thor literally fought for six months straight without substance, nothing. And, I mean, he's that much of a warrior. He is just as valid as fighter as Thanos is. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I'm not, I'm not trying to cut you off, but the answer to your upset obsession there is the fact that they have to have that in the in the in the storylines because otherwise it's it's it, or otherwise it would be like the university of alabama playing little flower you every week you know what's going to happen you, you mean, have to give him Citadel? that weakness you, you well you know Citadel? potato potato <laughs> yeah, yeah whatever i i you're, you're right i mean thor is he's he's one bad mother and i ain't talking about shaft but right. it's it's a situation that you're right, but they have to underplay that to a point where otherwise it's just, ah, oh, fuck, Thor's here. That'd be a 10-minute movie. I, I get it, and I've, I've texted Mike a couple of times, and I said, I understand that because that's what makes it so difficult to write for Superman. I mean, he's an alien, and he's pretty much a god on Earth. Yeah. So it's, he's a very difficult character to write for because he is so OP. I mean, he's OP squared. You know, it's mm-hmm. insane, his power levels. That's why I always struggled as a kid with Superman. When I was a kid, Superman was the, was, was, was the de facto. Everybody wanted to dress up as Superman. And I was always like, you know, you've got this guy that can literally fly into the sun and be good with it. But he struggles with Lex Luthor. 
I mean, I don't think my eight-year-old nephew would struggle with Jesse Eisenberg. That's that's just me. But I I I just I never I never I never really I was always like okay oh look there's some there's a piece of kryptonite from a planet that's galaxies away that blew up and I just oh shit got got one right here in my wallet. I Did just, he I just always me off. always managed to find the kryptonite? Yeah. But nobody else could. But nobody. But nobody. That's DC. But anyway. Although Richard um, Pryor did fuck him up with some plastic, so that was pretty fun. Don't ever badmouth Superman 3. <laughs> I love that movie. Superman. It was shit, but it was great. Drunk Superman flicking peanuts at beer bottles? Ah, Come on, dude. Ah. That's the best scene in that movie. Uh, but anyway, back to Thor. I I do understand what, what you're saying, Richard. The one thing on, it, like, Greg, you pretty much nailed it was you have to tone him down a little bit. Otherwise, we've got 10 movies instead of 22. Um, certain characters are going to be like that, they, or, they, or a they, half-hour TV show once every quarter. Yeah, but it's. Um, I just think that it. I would love to see that, and I think you still may in Endgame. But um, we'll talk about that too after our lists. You know what? Having said that, I like. I like that. That was something that we didn't really discuss about before. Before this, who's someone that you've got? In a in the, in the Marvel universe, and I'm gonna I'm gonna expand it to not just the 23 movie. Let's go let's go all of them. The you know Punisher, uh, Fantastic Four, X Men. Who's who's the one that you think's been underplayed? Underplayed? Yeah, That's... like like what what Richard's comp, uh, complaint with Thor is they they, they don't put it, they don't make him the way he is. Who's the one for you that you think is? That's that's an easy one. That that's Hulk. But at the same time, in fact, on Richard's recommendation, honestly, here in the past couple weeks, I just read uh, Planet Hulk or World War Hulk, which if you really want to get you really want to get an idea of those are great. The destruction that the Hulk is capable of read Mm -hmm. World War Hulk, because if they turn that Hulk loose, it's it's a short movie. (laughs) This movie's only 35 minutes long. Um, and that's on the generous side, but right. Hulk is one I, th- I think as well. But again, if you don't have these characters on a certain level in these movies, half these stories don't even need to be told because story's over. Yeah, um, so no, I agree. Um, so with, we've covered all of that. Now the other thing, that the big thing on everybody's mind now is what's coming next um, after Endgame. Obviously, this is going to wrap up this whole um, decade of movies that we've been watching. What are you guys excited for, nervous about? Is it going to be as good? Is it going to be less exciting, more exciting? Because um, I don't know about you guys, but for me, when Endgame's over, it's like, oh, sh- what, what now? Like, what do we got now? Well, I can, uh, for me, I've had a lot of fun, and I know Mike and I have talked about this numerous times, that I've had a ton of fun just reading the fan theories out there because, my there God, there's, are a ton of them. there's some people that are thinking on another level. And it makes me want to go back and look at it and say, well, I didn't catch that that you know when I saw it the nine times at the theater. Which is fucking weird because like 97% of them don't even have a job. <laughs> but yeah, but they're amazing. <laughs> they really are. And it, and it yeah. just goes to show that how you know they, how much they love what they see and what they want to you know they want to be a part of it. And that's that's awesome. I, I love that they there's they have such passion for what they see. Yeah. But you know, as far as what I think is going to happen in Endgame. I, I have a couple of theories, and I, I think one of them has to do with the fact that if you all remember that scene where Doctor Strange, you know, he finally pulls the time stone out of the sky, and it's glowing. And so what we've learned in the movies, anytime one of the stones glow, it's working. 
what I think happened is, and there's a reason why he saw 14,605,000 possibilities, because that fifth. He really did see it nine times. <laughs> he did. That fifth, that, you know, when you 14,605,000, that five is the one where he saw we won. Yeah, why stop? Yeah, he says he only saw one. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Then it was the fifth. It was the five of six hundred and five. I mean, that's just that's just my opinion. When he did that, he realized that the time stone was critical to doing that. That's why he, when he plugs the time stone out of the sky, it's glowing and he's not touching it because it's working. And then he waves it over to Thanos, who can't touch it either. But he's touched all the other stones. I mean, he literally can touch it in his hands, except for the time stone. I think what Doctor Strange just did in that moment is that he took the time stone from what it was working, and this is when he can give it over. Because he told Stark, point blank, I'll sacrifice you and I'll sacrifice Peter, but I'm not giving over the time stone. And then he actually did it. Yeah. And then he actually did it. So what changed? What yeah, that's a pretty good one. Well, he saw he saw the one path that they had to take, and he, whatever for whatever reason, he knew that that's what he had to do. Whatever he had to do, that whatever he ends up doing, of course, that's what he had to do. Um, I loved going into Infinity War that I didn't really know what was going to happen, and we knew there was going to be two of them. We knew there was going to be a second one. What I didn't, what I did, what really surprised me <clears throat> was literally, legitimately, how many. Marvel superhero characters vanished at the snap. Yeah, what surprised me even more was: Did you notice the ones that stayed? Essentially, the original the Avengers original, from the first movie, the original plus lineup. plus Rocket. Right, Rocket was the only Guardian that that made it. Um, yeah, you've got the others that have made. We know now Ant Man made it, um, which apparently his. His deal where he can travel in that there's that one realm that he can travel in. A quantum realm. It is a quantum from realm. Our, that's from supposed. To, that's supposed to do something for it. Um, this is my big disappointment going into Endgame. My big disappointment is we know we definitively know that those people that died didn't die because we already have a release date for Homecoming. We already have Guardians uh, in the uh, three in the works. Uh, Doctor Strange 2. That Black Panther I, 2. Black Panther 2. I wish they would have said we're shutting this shit down. We're not saying anything to anybody. Go ahead and work on them. You know, and and hey, listen, this is what's going to happen. If you happen to divulge to the press and when we find you, we're going to chop off your fingers like the Yakuza or something. But just shut that shit down because now we know we know Spider-Man's going to make it. And I'm just going to sit here the whole movie when, when does when when Spider Man when does when does Spider Man come back? Is he a part? That would that, have been the ultimate swerve. It, it would have. It, <laughs> that would that have would been have, it just massive. to just say, oh, you know what, guys? Uh, so what's what do you got next, Mister Feige? Well, you know what? Nothing. Eh, we're mulling it over. I'm gonna go to Jamaica for a few years, and I'm gonna go back and write the Office reboot. We yeah, we got yeah, we got nothing. So that's my biggest disappointment. I do think somebody dies in Endgame. I, I a big character. Um, there's a lot of people that have talked about. This whole oh well we gotta we gotta get rid of uh, Robert Downey Jr. We gotta get rid of Chris Evans because of their money that we pay him. 
bullshit. These movies are making money hand over fist. If they needed to do Iron Man 4 and they knew it was going to pull in $900 million in the States, they would pay Mr. Downey his 1% fee that he wants or his $50 million for the picture. I don't, I don't buy any of that crap. And I don't think that they can get rid of him because there's so many of us that would go straight up, you fucking killed Iron Man? We would just get angry and go, I'm not watching Doctor Strange 3. Fuck you. Where's Tony Stark? Yeah, it's and I think as inevitable it is that we are going to lose some guys like maybe Cap or Iron Man or both. Um, Iron Man's not – Tony Stark himself is not going away. If he ends up being the new AI instead of Jarvis, it's going to be Tony Stark, and he downloads himself into the system, and we get a replay. I don't know, but yeah. Downey ain't going anywhere. Um, Cap, I, know, I don't know. I know they've talked about the movies that they got coming out. They got a, they got a Black Widow one in the works, uh, an origin yep. story for Black Widow, yep. who I think is severely underused, even though when you're watching her, you're like, she's, she's just a woman. And I'm not saying that negatively about women. I'm just saying that here's a guy that can fly through space, and here's a god, and we got Black Widow tearing no, up I, over here. I know here. what you mean. You know she's, I mean? She's a human. She's awesome. I love her. She's one of my favorite characters. I mean, Scarlett Johansson. But, Scar Joe. Yeah. But you know what I mean? In that sense, but I, 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 think that, I think that she should get more credit. This is going to – I mean, Endgame's going to be, what, the 15th, 16th Marvel movie that she's been in? I mean, she's legitimately got to be the most recurring character through all of these. Yeah, she's um, good, and and it's awesome. Uh, they've got the the is it? It's not the the, the new mutants. It's the uh, it's they've got a I can't remember. I did the research and I forgot the name of it. It's like a team. It's like an X Men team, but they're uh, I'll look it up here. And no, X Force. No, it's 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 a it's it the say something what so I don't look stupid on the oh. podcast here. <laughs> Greg is not stupid. He's just so excited. He's flustered. Um, so, okay, now back to the original question I was looking for. What are you excited for or not excited for for the next phase after Endgame? What's next? That's an excellent question. I, I think what they're, what they're doing is they're going to they're introduce the Eternals, <laughs> is my understanding. You could have said that 30 seconds ago, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this guy. I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't know where they're going to go with that. The The Eternals didn't sell well as far as comics are concerned. They are a monster unknown, like Guardians of the Galaxy. They were a monster unknown. Actually, I was just telling Mike the other day that I collected the first issue of Guardians, and I hated it and never went back to it again. So I don't know if mistake. they're going to do this with the Eternals as well. I don't really know anything about them. I've never collected them. And, you know, just good luck with that, Marvel. And I, and I want to see them succeed, but they're going to have to handle that. Uh, I, I, again, I, I just don't know what they're going to do with that. If they're going to base the, the next phase on the Eternals or anything having to do with uh, cosmic entities, for instance, the Silver Surfer, you know, again, I, it, it's a lot. It's a lot because that's going to take them away from Earth and grounded characters. Here's what I definitely want, and we're going to take a short break here in just a few minutes, but what I want to see in the next phase, and I am praying to the ghost of Stan Lee that Captain Marvel set up the Scroll Secret Invasion because that could be an amazingly entertaining second or fourth phase or whatever. I forget what phase we're on right now, but the next phase, if it had to do with the Secret Invasion of the Scrolls, would be fantastic because now you've got a way to bring back those characters and make them bad because it's not really them, but it's still them. So it's it's something that would be really cool. Yeah, I'm not sure what to say to that um, at this point without giving away any spoilers from Captain Marvel. 
we'll get there. Um, I'll address that in in a okay. what my my thought on that. I, I think because what I said to you guys earlier about my perception about that whole the whole thing. Now they've taken that perception and they've shown me that I was wrong because I did not know enough about that sure. universe. And so now and it's right. hard hard to make that happen. So, so we can jump into that um, when we come back. But Richard, I'll ask you real quick: Would the secret invasion work as the next phase? I th- I think it will, but you know the problem is the uh, you know the Avengers were a big part of it with the Secret Wars, and there's a tremendous amount of backstory. I mean, I will say this with the Marvel Comics. They actually went back approximately 20, 25 years. They, had, they put the seed of Secret Wars in Marvel Comics like two decades ago, which was tremendous. I mean, think about the vision on that. You know, they had just a tremendous forethought to say, hey, we're going to have some of these people infiltrate the Marvel Comics in the 1990s. I've got, and they're I've not going to become pretty, relevant until the 21st century. I've got some pretty solid ideas that I'm hoping to implement in 20 or 25 years, but most of them in, involve vitamin B2 and Geritol. Uh, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm going to be uh, awesome enough to have a scroll secret invasion work out for me that way. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that. That you're right. That is pretty. That's that's far sighted. Marvel uh, for planning. Sure. That, that's yeah. just that. It's like you always you hear the the long con. The, the long game, that, yeah. that's what Marvel's done, and they've done a phenomenal job on it. I got you. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick break with some of our imaginary sponsors that, that we don't have yet, and uh, we'll come back and we'll we'll dig right in deep with the Marvel Captain Marvel review and our top five list. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Greg here. Just wanted to take a couple of minutes and tell you how much we appreciate you bringing us into your lives, taking time out of your busy schedule to, to look us up, find our podcast, download it. And then listen to it while you're driving to work so that you don't run over people who are aggravating you. I want to thank anybody and everybody who's helped make this happen for Mike and I. Friends, families, wives, uh, our producer Jacob, who does all the technical work. Otherwise, you'd be reading this in book form. I'd like to thank the guys at Detroit Sports Podcast who have really helped us out, been invaluable, technical support, information, uh, do's and don'ts. You guys are great. Love your podcast. You guys listen to them. They're awesome. We've mentioned them before. We'll mention them again. Hit us up on Facebook, Top 5 for Fighting. Like us, follow us, post stuff, send us suggestions, things that you'd like us to talk about, top five lists that you'd like us to argue about, things that you like, things that you don't like. We're always open for suggestions. Once again, we really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. From the bottom of my hearts, you guys are making a dream come true just by downloading it, and whether you like it or not, we've really enjoyed doing this, and we're going to continue to do it. Remember, as long as you keep listening, we'll keep talking. And we're back. All right. Now we're going to dig deep into the reason that everyone is out going to the movies this weekend, and that is Captain Marvel. And actually, I just got a text from my son. Hello, Dylan, out at Fort Hood, Texas, with the United States Army. Um, Hoorah. He says, this movie was insane. Endgame is going to be awesome. So I know the three of us have all seen it. Greg, you just saw it. Literally, you came over here to our studio in my living room like from the movie, yep. so I know it's fresh in your head. So we're going to get right into it, and Richard, we'll start with you, of course. What stood out? First of all, first of all, give spoilers, okay? We are, oh, we yeah, are yeah. going to talk about spoilers That here. would have been a huge dick if, move. Yep, if you if you haven't heard, if you haven't seen it yet and you want to see it, Stop you now. are not going to offend me by turning us off. If you want to know, we're going to go into some stuff, we're going to say some stuff, but this this there are going to be spoilers here. It's a podcast. You can listen to it whenever you want. Absolutely. All right, so Richard. 30 times a week. Spoilers. Here they come. Coming in hot. 
Richard, Captain Marvel, what were your thoughts? For me, immediately, I want to say this, that there are very few actors, I think you gentlemen will agree with me, that when they are, when it's released to the media that this person is going to be playing whatever character, there are very few that everybody universally says, perfect choice. I can only think of two, Robert Downey Jr. and Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Ryan Reynolds, well, that's not Marvel technically, MCU, but uh, agreed. But from Michael Keaton to Heath Ledger to Gal Gadot, they have been eviscerated on social media. True? Okay. Yeah, and I, I think it's pathetic that people eviscerate them. And, and, I'm, I'm just going to come right out and say that. And I love Brie Larson. I mean, I have a crush on her. She's one of the people on my laminate card for all you friends, people out there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You can't you can't go international on a laminate card. It's good that you stayed. It's good to stay yes. domestic. Good job. Good job. The problem is for me personally. I think they made a mistake with Brie Larson playing Captain Marvel, and I don't know. I don't know if that's because that's who she is as an actress, and this is the best we can get from her. This type of stoicism, or I don't know. It's because she is the equivalent of a Navy SEAL in Star Force in the Kree military. She is part of the elite star force, and which would be the equivalent of like a Navy SEAL in our U.S. military. And she's so military trained. Everything about her, her training, her structure, her experience, and that's who she is. There's just, you know, flat affect. Unfortunately for me, she maintained that flat affect throughout the entire movie. And I, I, I just, again, it's hard for me to say because I just love Brie Larson, but I, I think... I don't think she's the right person for the role to take the MCU into the next phase. Mike, why don't you go ahead and go next? Ouch. I did not expect that, and that's why we kept this for today. I am blown away. You've talked about Brie Larson from the day that I met you. That is crazy. Um, By the way, Brie, if you hear this, my phone number is... Yeah. You, you can look up, find us on Facebook, Brie. <laughs> I'm shocked. I didn't even know what to say to that. Um I enjoyed the movie. I have very little. I do have what I liked when I didn't like, but what I I enjoyed about the movie was the way they did the movie. It was very much, not to beat a dead horse here, uh, but it was very much like Deadpool, the way they did the origin flashbacks. They kind of pieced together her background throughout the movie, which I enjoyed because I think we can all agree we don't need origin movies anymore. If you yeah. want an origin story, go read the comics. Yeah. Um, if you don't that know was, who Superman is by now. That was um, legitimately one of the best things about Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, yeah, agreed. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I didn't think she was bad by any means. I think she played it well as far as someone who was just kind of figuring out who the hell she was throughout the movie. Uh, there was some humor. I enjoyed that part of it. Uh, the music was very much like Guardians of the Galaxy, an awesome 90s soundtrack. I, th I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, what about you, Greg? Here we go. I, he's I got really, that look on his face really like he's getting ready to punch a this, baby. Yeah, this this movie was a bag of dicks for me. Um, no, it was uh, – <laughs> I just wanted to disagree. Did you just call Captain Marvel a bag of dicks? I, I did. I did. This movie was – uh, Christ. Was, you know what? Get out. <laughs> I just wanted to see the look on both your faces when I said how much it sucked. I had this real long thing in my head, and I could I knew I wasn't going to be able to keep a straight face. Um, I liked it. Uh, I thought – that the I, first of all, I haven't seen a Marvel movie yet that wasn't beautiful. 
It wasn't beautiful. Just just everything that they do production-wise is fantastic, and they did not fall short here. Uh, I will be honest with you. The only thing that surprised me in this movie was I thought going into it that the scroll the scroll were bad guys and the Kree were the good guys. Okay, agreed. I, I, I that 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 shocked me a little bit. Other than that, my biggest issue with this was the same issue that I had with Black Panther. It was very. Uh, I, I I knew what was going to happen. It was it, I I I got it. Having said that, it was very fun. It was the, the when she when she got her shit together. Uh, I think I think everybody that they cast in this movie was fantastic. Um, I I can see what you're saying about Brie Larson. I I don't think Brie Larson has that um, that that you're looking for. Yeah, that that gravitas. That's a great word that you're looking for. But on the other hand, I really think that makes her more believable that she came from planet Earth. You know, uh, you said Gal, Gal Gadot gets massacred. I think she's fantastic as Wonder Woman, and she looks like an Amazon. One of the best castings ever. in DC since yeah, Heath ever S- significantly better than Ben Affleck as Batman. But um, I, I think I think I like that in this movie. She doesn't know who she is until the last ten minutes, and in the last ten minutes, she's fucking badass. She's got that look on her face. That whole scene right at the end where she's falling and she just goes. And she collects herself, and she knows who she is. That was to me was the defining moment of her. That it was a, it was a it was a lot of a Peter Parker in her this movie trying to figure out who she was and what she could do. Um, I I want to know if they CGI Sam Jackson's face. Marvel's got that. Yeah, process they've got it down. Out. Because I'm sitting there going, "Does is he is he younger? Is that the Samuel Jackson I saw without the beard and hateful age? It's flawless. Is it the, the the the? I thought the dialogue was great. I thought the action was great. Here's here's my biggest complaint with the movie, and I said to these guys earlier, and they laughed at me. My biggest complaint with this movie was the leader, or the bad guy, the Jude Law character for the Cree, had an English accent, and the bad guy that was the scroll leader had an English accent. So you got two guys from different races, from different planets and different galaxies, and they have the same accent. If that's the worst I could come up with, I think I'm going to be pretty good with it. Yeah, that's – it's funny because when you said that earlier when you got here, I did not even pick up on that. And it's funny too because is there a movie that Ben Mendelsohn is not in anymore? No. He shows up in everything anymore. Yeah. It's Well, so does Benedict Tum- it's, Cumberbatch. I mean, he's in – 97% of the movies released in the last eight years. Yeah, it's true. To go back to your point on that scene where she takes that deep breath and all of a sudden she knows she's, like you said, got her shit together, I immediately thought of Man of Steel. Yes. When he's trying to figure out how to fly, when he's trying to figure out all this stuff, and all of a sudden he falls and then he throws his fist down and not for nothing, Man of Steel, is. I love that movie. I have no pro. I think he's the best Superman we'll probably ever get. And that movie itself was amazing. Anybody that hates that movie, whatever, feel free to send us comments and tell me I'm a liar, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. We can do Man of Steel someday. That'd be a, that'd be yeah, a fun one to do. Um, that movie was amazing, but that's what exactly what I reminded me of. She realizing what she is and what she can do, and then when she puts everything together and just opens up a galaxy-wide can of whoop-ass, I thought it was awesome. I liked the, under, the underlying tone, the theme that they had there where the whole movie they were trying to get her to control her emotions. Um, and I think... I, yeah, I think that I think that emotions make us who we are. I mean, I mean, it's not something I like to brag about. I've been in fights, and when I'm mad and I fight and I just fight, 
I'm, I'm better when I'm mad and I fight. That emotion that kicks in, that adrenaline. I think it's something that I, I'm glad that they have her doing because you, you've got a lot of the Marvel characters in the universe that don't show that emotion. You know, Doctor Strange, zero emotion, super powerful. You know, Captain America, super calm. You, you, when you fight him, I like, I like that she's, she's pissed. She's pissed off that you killed my friend. And it was just, I, 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 thought, I, I thought they hit a home run. Uh, it's gonna, it's gonna crush. I think I saw an uh, article this morning. They're predicting 170 million this weekend for it. That's that's slam bang for an opening, and and especially for a woman-driven movie. And 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 you know, kudos to Marvel. Uh, my wife made the comment that they took too long. Um, that's their business, whatever. Uh, but I like that they put her at the forefront. And and not only did they put her at the forefront, we we both know she's got to be a key key piece to what happens in Endgame. On that point, though. It's not just because she's a woman. It's not because it's a woman character. You can't just slap a woman in a movie and say, oh, great, it's going to be great, girl power, all that stuff. I agree. Wonder Woman worked because the story was right, the character was right, and they had the right actress. Captain Marvel, same thing. You have to, yes, Chris Pine, Captain Kirk. You can't just throw any actor on a a role and say it's going to be a good movie. Um, It's just not the case. Um, If you thought that, you know, the original Hulk movie with Eric Bana was going to be good because he was a good, considered a great actor at the time. You didn't, you didn't like just, that movie? Uh, to use your phrase, bag of dicks. Huge one. So, yeah. but yeah. I, I liked, I think also that if you introduce her any earlier than you did in the, in the scheme of things that they've got going on right now, um, she is Thor-like in her abilities. She really is. We all know that energy can't be destroyed. You can only change states. And she is literally energy. Well, they did change how she acquired her powers from the comics. You know, uh, yes. this was she shooting into the engine, which infuses her with, honestly, what they do is she's infused with the power of the Tesseract. Yeah. And right. that's where she gets her powers from, which is completely different in the comic books. In the comic book, she ate bad milk does, right? The, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. No, I think it was the Reese's Pieces, actually. <laughs> but, you know, I, and I get that. So she's a being, in essence, of, of pure energy. And, and I understand that. And, you know, again, the, making her more powerful than Thor, I have a huge problem with that because Thor in the comics would eviscerate her. And I understand why they all said that. It's just I'm not going to buy it. I don't have to buy it. I, I'm going to be entertained by it, and that's fine. You know, It's just that, um, you know, I, I just had a problem with Brie Larson's, that, that character. In a couple of moments in and out of, in and out of the movie, I was taken out of it. Uh, something, something's very simple, like Ben Mendelsohn, who plays Talos, the scroll leader, where he says, you know, you're going to use your jazz hands. Do you remember that scene yep. where he's actually, and I thought, did he just say jazz hands? Yeah, he was referring to Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, I, absolutely was. I just yeah, thought. I, I know he was. He was absolutely referring to Spider-Man 3, I think, in that. Deep down in my heart. It's quite possible. I said yeah, that as a it's, joke, but. It's, it's quite possible. I just thought it was a weird thing for a scroll leader to say. You know, it took me out of the movie for just a second. And the other one I absolutely hated, and I leaned over to my wife and I said the same thing. During one of the big battles on the ship, if you recall, do you remember what they were playing when they really got into it, the song? I'm Just a Girl by No Doubt. Yeah. Wow. I, I, what a monster letdown for me. It took all the passion for me out of it. 
to, uh, everything I wanted to cheer for, it just literally removed it from to me. To be fair, the entire 90s music took it out of it for me. Uh, agreed. Completely agreed. I the think, entire decade of the 90s. I think they should have given uh, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Mike a, is crying I'm on the leaving. other For those of you that are watching at home. <laughs> I, I think that the directors should have taken Tarantino or Martin Scorsese out to dinner and say, listen, how do we add music to a scene to make it more passionate and make it more accessible to the audience. I think because they were trying I, to... I think it was a monster failure for them. I, I, I don't care for <laughs> 90s music that much. Uh, there's some of it. Uh, that's, that's another episode for another day. Uh, what I do think that they were trying to do is they were trying to reinforce the fact that this took place in 1995 because it was very Guardians of the Galaxy-esque with the spaceships and stuff like that, which I got no problem with. Which is funny because we say that they were trying to reinforce when it happens, but yet Guardians of the Galaxy is happening on their timeline, current day, and they're they're playing Rubber Band Man. They, they, it's a seventies, eighties, and that's just because of what he got from his mom. So the music didn't take it out of, out of it for me. I'm just not a huge nineties music fan. I thought their choice was very good of songs for the for the situation. I mean, I'm just a girl. I mean, I get where you're coming from, Richard, but what other song could you possibly play there that accentuates the fact that she's a girl? Are you two dickholes done? Wow. First of all, don't poo-poo on the 90s music soundtrack. My Lord. It was great. Now, what other choices would you have played in that scene? I don't know. He could have went with was Pearl Jam. Was it too soon? I mean, they had Nirvana, for God's sakes. No, it wasn't too soon. Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam's so, 10 was I mean, 92 or 91. It's, I mean, I don't know. I. Yeah, that's all 80s stuff, though. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not shitting on the choice of the music. I'm just saying that I, I when I, when I listened to, I don't. I'm not. I was not a big fan of the grunge movement. I was not a big fan of the 90s. Oh, we're so sad. But, but. I get that's another day, bro. Now I will say this to Richard's point, which still, if I had hair, I'd pull it out. The reason they played that song is because of who they're marketing this movie towards. One hundred percent, I agree. They have every male on this planet, true male on this planet, on their payroll already. Like they they know that we're going to give them money to to go see these Marvel movies. One hundred percent. Captain Marvel is a woman-driven movie, the biggest since Wonder Woman. Um. That's who they're appealing to, and it's gonna it's gonna surpass Wonder Woman. And I have zero problem with that. I have zero problem with the whole you know girl stuff, whatever. I don't care if it's a girl, guy, dog, whatever, cat. If the movie's good, the character's good, and the movie works, I don't care. I want to be entertained. I want to plop down my money I to have a good I, movie. I agree with you. My, so, my my dislikes of this movie are very nitpicky. Um, right. I, I it's it's really just like any other Marvel movie that I've listened to or watched. I, I was I, I I thought I thought they did a great job. It's gonna be it's gonna be a monster. Um, that you know what the 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 end scene, the end trailer, whatever they call them. Um, I I really I really liked it. I I, I thought that it was as ambiguous as you could get. I more liked the second one. I thought the second one was fucking hysterical because I can't tell you how many times at night I've been woken up by that noise from a fucking cat. <laughs> but um, I liked I liked the humor in the movie. I thought there would have been more humor in the movie, but I thought that the humor was really well done. I, I liked uh, the the you got a lot of facial expression humor from Samuel L. Jackson. You had the the witty repartee between Brie Larson and um, the Jude Law character. 
you know, the little girl uh, that was a friend of hers, that, that was fun to watch. Uh, I teared up a couple times. I did tear up when I saw uh, the Stan Lee logo at the beginning. Uh, you guys pay attention when you go see it if you're listening to this. That was badass. And, hey, anytime a superhero changes their colors to red, white, and blue, USA, 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 that, uh, that, that made me uh, a tear up a little bit. But, I mean, overall, I, I liked it. I, 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 re- I really did. Well, I, I think you gentlemen know how I feel about it. I, I enjoyed it. It's not going to make my top five worst. But would I see it again? No. It's not going to get my money after we saw it on Thursday night. And, you know, it's... I, Who I think, invited this fucking guy? <laughs> look, it's, it's, this, is, this is not easy for me to say because I, 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 I just I love Brie Larson. I really like her I like your a honesty. lot. I've actually seen movies because she's in it. Uh, Free Fire, which was an awesome movie that took place completely in a warehouse. The yeah, only that reason was, I went was, to see that, that movie, was movie was because I knew Brie Larson was in it. So this is this is not easy for me to say, but I, I just I, I just thought that as far as the Captain Marvel character, I, I didn't buy it. I thought she was really good at it, but I just I was expecting something much better. Gotcha. And it could be because they hyped the hell out of this movie. The MCU, Faggy, they hyped the hell out of it. Yeah, so this it, one this one seemed to get a little bit more uh, yeah. hype than Black Panther did last year. No question. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And that could be part of it. Maybe I had just my expectations were not satisfied. Gotcha. So I'll, I'll give it, but I, I will not be seeing this movie again. Okay, so to recap, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I had very few few problems. I will say the only problems that I had in this movie were two things. One... Like Greg was saying, in all the comics that I've read, the Secret Invasion comics, the Deadpool with the Scrolls comics, the Scrolls were always a great villain. They were scary. They, you didn't know who they were. You didn't know who was going to be a Scroll, who wasn't. They were frightening because you didn't know what was going to happen. And in this movie, they're victims. And I did not like that. Other than, other than that, the look of the Scrolls was great. Um, they, they came across just how I expected. Um, I just did not like them as victims. The other problem that I did not like in this movie, again, nitpicking, was the lack of a real solid villain. Like, there was just no... You didn't have Thor fighting Thanos. Like, there was no just toe-to-toe heavyweight fight. I mean, Brie Larson pretty much made Jude Law her bitch in the desert. Um, it's It just it was lacking that big, like, oh, my God, here we go, finally, toe-to-toe. Ali Frazier. I mean, the, yeah. it did not have that. It lacked that because it was spaced out between the Scrolls, the Kree, Marvel. Who's not Marvel? Um, Jan Rog, I think, is his name. But um, it lacked that. But other than that, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. So for me, it was a thumbs up. If it's on Netflix, yeah, I'll watch it again. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna own it on 4K when it comes out. There's no right. doubt. Yeah, I mean, but but. I own all the Marvel movies on 4K. Because why? Because we're trained. Yes. That's and because right. we watch everything. And, and because it's set up on auto pay debit on Amazon. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like part of my check goes to Marvel every single week. So I loved it. Thumbs up, Richard. I will definitely give it a thumbs up. I, I really do. I mean, I, I liked the movie. Like I said, I was entertained. I thought the CGI was off the charts. It was brilliant what yeah. they were able to show on screen. Yep. Again, I, I outlined the, the reasons, you know, the, the problems I had with the movie. But, yeah, I'll give it a thumbs up. Absolutely. 
I want to go back to the question you said. You, the thing you said earlier that you wanted was the skull, the scroll, the scroll invasion. I don't know if we're going to get that at this point with Captain Marvel, especially with Captain Marvel being involved, because they did basically they they had that in this one, and then at the end she's like, "I'm going to find you a home." So there's no need for them to invade, especially since she told the Kree, I'm going to come get your ass. There's no reason to come back. It, ex- I, I get exactly. It. So it was more just wishful thinking on my part, really. I got you. Because I think it would make a great series of movies. It would. Um, because of the unknown. It would. I mean, all of a sudden, Captain America is bad, and he's a scroll. I mean, I just think that would be yeah. intriguing, if anything. Yeah. But, all right, so we've pretty much wrapped up how we feel about Captain Marvel, so now we'll get to the, the whole source of this whole crazy project that we threw together over the course of six years um, is our top five list. And we're going to do it a little bit different. We've got a top five and a bottom five. And if you've ever had trouble trying to pick your bottom five of Marvel movies, it's like trying to pick which kid you don't like the most. <laughs> it's just not possible. I'm, I'm going to tell you. But um, I struggled. My bottom five, my bottom five that I picked, and in in, in what we're doing is we're doing a top five, bottom five of these phase one, two, and three of it, uh, uh, just MCU. Marvel movie, MCU. Um, I have seen my bottom five at least ten times each, and I own them on 4K. So but me picking it at bottom five doesn't mean I don't like it. It just means that I don't like it as much as I like. Exactly. So what we're going to do is we're going to start with our top five, or should we start with our bottom five? Let's start with the bottom five. Yeah, I like the bottom five. Let's get the shit out of the way first. Yeah. All right. So you, you always do the, You always do your worst job first. Right. That way the rest of the day is easy. It makes you look better in the end. So we're going to start with, of course, our expert, Richard. Bottom five, Richard. Give us your first one, and we'll go around each one. Well, coming in at uh, number five for me is Thor Ragnarok. And as much as I love the movie, I really did. What the did. fuck just happened here? I don't <laughs> like how they I'm painted kidding. Thor to be a pussy and at that, times. That that follows right along with what you said. I was just busting your chops. Thor, I, 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 if you've got that opinion of Thor, I see where you're coming from. Thor screaming as he's coming through the tunnel, screaming about getting a haircut. Thor saying, oh my God, when the other guy's getting eviscerated. Are you kidding me? The God of Those Thunder? are super valid points. Hold on. I got to go alter one of my lists here real quick. <laughs> I, listen, I love what, well, what TT put on screen. I really did. But you made Thor a pussy at times. You made this 1,500-year-old warrior, battle-tested warrior, a punk at times. And uh, to me, that's unforgivable. I'm on board with that. Okay. God damn you when you're reasoning. I can, I can your, see where you're coming in from. In your law school education. Oh, I know facts. Because now I think about it when he's strapped in that chair. If he's a god, why? how can that chair hold him back? And I know he had the little pacemaker thing on his neck, but whatever. But God damn you, Richard. I went first last week, and I gave my number one before you did. Fine, you're right. Yours, so All right. You go ahead and go this week. So my number five uh, is Iron Man 3. Now, I have to have a disclaimer on this. Iron Man 3, and I know Richard and I have gone back and forth on this way too much. Iron Man 3 is two movies. The first half of that movie with a Mandarin as a villain was awesome. Thumbs up was twice. Was awesome. And then I think at about the 45, 50-minute mark, when you find out that he's just a drunk actor... Um, it's like having diarrhea in public. It that was, was I could not get out of that movie fast enough. Tre- oh yeah, Trevor. Didn't they? Didn't they legitimately have watching uh, soccer, passing in and out of? They had you know, Henry Winkler on a motorcycle jumping a shark. Uh, that yeah. he was. Did, did, wasn't that what happened there? 
Yeah, exactly. And then the other aspect of Iron Man 3 that I think was just a complete shit show, you're Tony Stark and you've invested, let's just assume, billions of dollars into this army of Iron Man armor and everything. And then, oh, Pepper, I'm just going to blow them all up for you because I don't need them. Fuck you. I got gotcha. you. So Iron Man 3 is my number five. Uh, my number five, probably going to surprise some people. I uh, my, my bottom five, top number five, is going to be uh, Avengers Age of, Age of Ultron. Um, I, I liked it. What? I, I know, I know, I know. I made, I made fun of Richard. I'm, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to back it up here. For, You've for, had two Coronas. Do I need to cut you off? Yeah, the, well, no, because when I drink an actual beer, then you can start worrying about cutting me off. I'm oh, just, busting, I'm just busting balls. Here we go. Um, listen, this is, this was my problem with Age of Ultron. I know why they did what they did concerning the Hulk. I know the whole interlude they had. I, I, I get all that. My, my problem. And I, and when I saw Age of Ultron, I loved it. Having gone back now and seen what they did with Thor and Ra- or with uh, Hulk and Ragnarok, and now he's cognizant and all this stuff that's going on, why why did you take this effort this this point to just kick the Hulk out of it because you didn't want to make a, a Hulk movie? I'm thinking. Um, I was pissed that you killed Quicksilver at the end. He's he was he. There's no there was no reason that he should have been killed. Um, and I and and I thought I thought that a lot of the a lot of the antagonism in that movie was very contrived. I like Scarlet Witch, and I liked I liked the bad guys there, but it was one of those situations like, oh, I hate the Avengers. Oh, wait, I love the Avengers. Oh, okay, I'm gonna be an Avenger. I mean, I I just it was it was kind of like I thought James Spader was awesome as Ultron, but in the end, I'm just kind of looking at this going, they're just kind of fighting a robot, and I didn't feel it, it. I know that they did that because they needed to set up Civil War. That was it was it awesome yes was the action good again i've seen it a dozen times mm-hmm. that's just it's just where i fell trying to rank my movies okay so that's number five for everyone so we're going to number four and richard what's your number four for me number four is going to be uh well it just came out ant-man and the wasp you know i, I just wasn't a big fan of it um i, I like their relationship together it was nice but uh, again this is one where the villain just completely failed for me uh the ghost eh, I, I just didn't care for her i didn't care for the backstory of her i didn't care how she became that way uh, there was just you know it just for me it failed on that level uh, i wish i had more of the dialogue between paul rudd's character and lily's character uh, i would like to have seen a lot more of that that type of relationship but you know, to me, I, I just, I just wanted more, and I guess you know the, the the MCU just decided to go in a different direction to set up you know the quantum realm and then bring back, um, I can't think of her name at the moment, Scarface. What's her name? Her her movie Michelle debut. Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, to bring her back from the quantum realm and then set that up going into uh, Endgame. The uh, you know how to get in and out of the quantum realm. But as far as a uh, number four, that's what I had. To I, I I liked it. I I but I see where you're coming from. I, I can agree with everything you said. There. I will say though that the Ant Man movies don't feel like they're part of the MCU, and I say that in a really unreasonable way. They just when you go see those movies, it doesn't. You don't get that sense that the Avengers are out there. That that Marvel is out there. It's yeah. like something completely on its own. I agree. Um, so yeah, I can go with that. So um, my next one is going to be Thor Two: The Dark World. Um, I don't know. There's just, again, putting this on this list, I almost felt dirty, like I have to go take a shower because I did enjoy the movie. But when it comes to all the other movies, like this one is not one that I'm just going to throw in and watch. 
on a given day because I get, you know, got nothing better to do, which is almost every day. Um, the elf was cool. That the dark elf was cool. The ether was cool. But there was just something about the story that was missing and didn't feel like it was on a major scope. Like, okay, one elf's got a ship. He's going to come to Earth, and Thor's got to beat him up. Okay, yeah. cool. But just you know, not one of those ones that I would throw in and watch. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of you there. My number four is Dark World as well. Um, uh, I think that if you take Cat Denning out of that movie, um, a lot of your comedy, uh, a lot of your comedy uh, essence goes away. Uh, I did not like the backstory. They gave us nothing on the elves. It's just, oh hey, we're enemies and let's fight. Hey, we're here. Yeah, and 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 the last half of that felt a lot like. Um, uh, what's the, who are the two guys that make all the destruction movies? Independence Day and Day After Tomorrow. It felt. What's that? Michael Bay. No, that's not Michael Bay. Jerry Bruckheimer. No, it's there's two brothers. It's it is not it's not important. It's just they make all those disaster movies where they're constantly blowing stuff up. It's, Roland Emmerich. There it is. There there it is. Um, they they don't. I don't feel like I felt like the last half of that was just let's see how much of London we can try and destroy and get away with it. You know, Thor was Chris Hemsworth was great in it. I mean, my favorite part obviously was when he took his shirt off. Uh, you got the, <laughs> it just, it just, it was, it was fun to watch. I own it. I own it on 4k. I've seen it 10 times. It just, that's what, it's just a choice we had. To I make. will say if they would have killed Jane, it would have been off my list. I, I would have enjoyed that thoroughly. Well, in, in essence they did. Yeah. Well, they should have shown it on film. It would have been better. All right. So that's number four. Now we go to number three, Richard. Number three for me is going to be Black Panther. And there's a couple of reasons for that. And I'm just going to go to them quick. Well, number one is because when they had the contest to see who would rule Wakanda, who won? Eric Killmonger. That means everybody that tried to get T'Challa back on the throne committed treason. Pure and simple. He is the de facto king and won it legitimately in a physical contest. Yep. So everybody who helped T'Challa after that is committing treason against the kingdom. How he wants to take Wakanda into the next level century by committing war whatever well then that's his prerogative as the rightful king of wakanda the second problem i had with that the cgi at the end was horrific absolutely horrific i think the best scene we've ever seen in the marvel in, in the mcu where it's man on man is winter soldier that fight was there has there was no CGI in it. It was savage. It was visceral. It was thick. It was brutal. It was fast. It was all. It was almost as if some the director had said, you know, uh, Kugler, hey, um, you know how they did the fight scene in Winter Soldier between Cap and uh, and the Winter Soldier? Yeah, give me the opposite of that. <laughs> You're right. The, the the last the last fight was was very anticlimactic for for. For lack of a better word. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's that's one way to put it. All right, Greg, you're up. Oh, you're up. Oh, yeah, I'm up. Okay. Well, in keeping with that, Black Panther was also on my list uh, for different reasons. One being, th well, not all different because that fight at the end, I think, would have been much better if you took the masks off and they actually fought and they they, they fought in Wakanda in the vibranium. Uh, mine or whatever it may be but the cgi was terrible but i'll say this the black panther character is awesome chadwick boseman kills it he is amazing killmonger was awesome they had two amazing characters in a cgi shit show and what could have been a phenomenal movie was taken back by just 
shitty CGI and a pretty weak story, honestly. The premise, I thought, was good and had a lot of potential, but they just shit the bed and they just, because it was, you know, it was a Black Panther movie, again, it came out in February, you do the math. I'm not saying that's why it was a bad movie or why it was nominated, but it was. It's It just could have been so much better with two phenomenal characters, a great hero and a great villain, and the writing sucked. Yeah. Well, we uh, we've we've got our first consensus here because my number three was Black Panther as well. Um, I thought the story was very cliched. My, was my problem. I thought every actor that they had in that movie was fantastic. Every even the small parts. The dad, the mom, the, this, everybody, the sister, the, everybody. And and, and 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 I know that this sounds stupid to say in a a superhero movie. Great performances. Nupita Leongo, Chadwick Boseman, um, Michael B. Jordan. They were all fantastic. My two biggest problems with the Black Panther, I, I got three. My, my, my first one was I did not like how they treated Michael B. Jordan's character. I, I, I know that they were saying, you know, that he kind of grew up in a rough part of town and everything. But this guy was supposed to be FBI, CIA, S.H.I.E.L.D. He was supposed to be this badass. And he, he was very stereotyped. And I, I thought that that was very, in my opinion, distressing, being as how they were they were they were pushing and touting a, a black superhero, which I got no problem with. I think that's awesome, but I think that they undersold his character. I agree. I did not like that everybody said, "Oh, well, we don't want him as our king, so we're going to go do this." I, I agree. I, th- I I'm sitting there watching the whole movie, going, "Wait, wait a damn minute." However, on the other hand, uh, what's his nuts never actually died. So does that te- te- technically does that technically make Michael B. Jordan the winner? It, it's a it's a gray area. The third one was the CGI in that movie was really bad, terrible. It was really bad, and I thought that it just it takes you out of it because my my biggest thing with a movie is you have to give me you have to give me a universe with the with the rules, and as long as you stay within the rules, I'm fine. But when I see crappy whatever, it pulls me out of it. That CGI in Black Panther was Justice League bad. It was horrible. It was Steppenwolf Let's level. Let's not go fucking shitty. crazy now. I'm it no. Was, I'm going to say it. It, it was. was it was horrible. It, it was almost unwatchable at the end, which is sad because again, great characters, gotcha. shitty movie, and yeah. it's it's not on them. It's on the writers. Well, we'll probably get a lot of feedback over that. But That's fine. Go ahead. Bring it. Bring your, your comments. Your number two, Richard. My number two, since this is officially part of the MCU, is the Incredible Hulk. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, I've never really cared for Edward Norton as the Bruce Banner character. I, I don't care who they get to play Hulk because he's going to be CGI. You just can't make a human being that big. It's just not possible. So he has to be CGI. So the, the fight comes in is how can we make Bruce Banner sympathetic and people want to root for Bruce Banner? To me, Edward Norton's horrible decision to do that. The abomination looked exactly like an abomination. And what I mean by that is I hated the CGI. That He just didn't look like the comic books, and I wanted the comic book abomination, and I didn't get that. And right away I was like, I'd say, I'm out. I'm out. So a strength level-wise, I think they did a good job because the abomination is as strong as the Hulk in the comics. You know, it's, he just doesn't have that, he just doesn't have that, uh, you know, X factor where he the, the matter he gets, the stronger he gets. But... I just I hated the fight scene between them, how they literally destroy Harlem, and you know I, I just wasn't happy with, uh, like I said, Edward Norton's character and what they did with the Abomination. 
and I, front to start to finish, I, I just didn't think it was a very good movie. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree on that one. Yeah, you know what? My number two, Incredible Hulk. Mike's number two, Incredible Hulk. I don't think we even need to say anything nope, else. I think I it's just, on point. It was. Uh, it's and honestly to this point, that's probably one movie that if you think about the MCU, gets forgotten about. It does, and for that reason, because because it's now Mark Ruffalo. Because it's not Mark Ruffalo, exactly. and the best part of that movie was the end scene of Tony Stark coming in and talking to General Ross. Yes, it was. All right, so we go to num- number one. Yep, Richard, number one. Number one for me has to be Iron Man three, and 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 you've already mentioned why. First of all, they took Iron Man's perhaps in the comics most devastating villain. Period. Yeah. His arch nemesis. Okay, for sure. his arch nemesis, and made him into Trevor. Okay. The other thing that again, I'm just gonna rattle these off because I, I can do this with Iron Man three. Um, he's, he's a billionaire, right? Industrialist, one of the smartest people in the entire Marvel universe. Him, Reed Richards, and Hank Pym. Now they discover how to remove the shrapnel from his heart, and it's no big deal. It's just a common operation. Yeah, he, Pepper, went, he went down to Tampa General. Pepper Potts is the hero of the movie. Destroys all his suits, right, and you know, and how now she has she's infected now with the extremists, you know, virus. Okay, that's just for starters. But as far as what they put on screen, and Shane Black decided to do this with Tony Stark's character. Hey, you know how funny Tony Stark has been in the previous movies and the Avenger movies? Yeah. Well, let's remove all the comedic aspect of it and put in the little boy, you know, for product placement. That's a movie. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yep. Totally agree. Yep, it's hard to argue that. And, and I can't argue that. And at let's all. and to even expand on that quickly, extremists could have been awesome because I know that was a big deal in the comics, and you've told me about that numerous times. The extremist arc could have been amazing, but instead we got it shit show. So we down to number one. You're on your number one, sir. Shit, well, my number one is Iron Man two. You fucking jackass. And this happened last week. I know it did, and I swore this would never happen again, and I should have honestly okay, you know what? I'll put no, I'm gonna swap no. Black Panther in this one. <laughs> Just because no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, Iron Man 2, the biggest problem I had a reason with is because when I heard that Mickey Rourke was gonna play Whiplash, oh, I was so pumped. I mean, Mickey Rourke's big comeback, the wrestler and the expendables movies, um, he's just one of those actors that it's just fun to watch because you can tell in like real life he's batshit crazy. And him as Whiplash should have been phenomenal because it led into it in the beginning of it with him being upset about Tony Stark and his dad dying because of Stark. It started off great, but then you've taken another great Iron Man villain and you put him in charge of robots behind a laptop. Yep. Fuck you. Yep. That, I, it was terrible. It was disappointing. It was. it was such a letdown. I was so stoked when I went to the theater and I walked out going, what the fuck did I just pay to It see? was great to see Rhodey as War Machine. I mean, that that was awesome. Uh, the, the little scene where, you know, they tongue-in-cheek addressed Terrence Howard leaving. The courtroom scene, hey, I'm here to deal with it. I thought it was brilliant, but taking Whiplash and putting him behind a computer to control stuff rather than him putting on his Whiplash stuff, I, it was just a huge letdown. Terrible. Uh, it's my number one also. Uh, I'm not going to expound on what Mike said. He, he crushed it. Uh, I will say this. I've said multiple times today I own them all on 4K. I do not own that one on 4K, and I've only seen it twice. 
Okay, so, and I know we're going a little bit long this week, but again, we're passionate about this stuff, and it's one of our favorite stuff, so I don't care if we go long because it's a podcast. Come back and listen to it whenever you want. So we're going to jump right into our number one in no particular order, really, because, again, picking the top no, five no, movies it, out of no, these. No, it is a particular order. Hey, guess what? It's my house. I say whatever I want. But Take you're right. Damn it. <laughs> um, all right. Our top five. So we are going to start off with our top five MCU movies. Expert Richard. Uh, coming in at number five is Iron Man. Uh, they, they put a great deal of faith and trust in John Favreau, the director, and Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr.'s character. And if that had failed, and Mike, you already said this in the, earlier in the podcast, if, if that had failed, we wouldn't be here today. And that was a monster part of the success that Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark was a consistent character, and he stayed true to that character. Even out of the character, Tony Stark love i mean excuse me robert downey jr loved being tony stark even on press conferences when he had the press junkets when he went on shows you know to to tout the uh the iron man he loved it he ate it man he slept it he you know drank it shit it you know whatever you want to say about it but he was tony stark and he was he did it he uh, first iron man for me is number five crushed it yeah Yep, um, I'm going to agree, because if that movie tanks, uh, the MCU as we know it probably does not happen. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I put it in this list specifically not because it was just a good movie, because that movie was the key to everything. Um, you know, we are all movie fans for Marvel and everything like that now and have what we have because of that movie. So I'll just I'll agree with you totally. That movie had everything. Greg? It's my turn. Um shit all right iron man <laughs> I, I i gotta keep it there for, for that same reason um it's it's everything yeah it's the start think, it's think, the end all be all think you pretty much nailed it yeah yeah all right so we'll move on my number five is ragnarok uh i know richard's got the issues with it this is why i'm gonna make it my number five huge issues when i saw the thor the first one i liked it but i was like eh, it wasn't iron man and it wasn't you know, uh, whatever. And then when I saw Dark World, I'm like, okay, it's a little bit better. You know, I, I liked Loki. I enjoyed it. When I saw Ragnarok, he completely took the Thor universe that they had given us. He flipped it on its head, and it was fun. Ragnarok was fun to watch. If you take away your issues with Thor being, and you know what? You saying that now, you look at it, you're right. Kind of a pussy in scenes. That movie was fun. His interaction with Loki, let's do get help. I, I laugh my ass off. I'm not doing get help. It was just, it was Jeff Goldblum. I mean, home run. Um, I just, I thought everything about the, it was, it was pretty. I know that sounds stupid. It, it, You're right. It, it just, it was, it, I just thought he took that universe and he made, he made Thor fun so much so that they were able to carry it into Infinity War. I was surprised, literally, that the amount of color in that movie did not kill Zack Snyder. Yeah, right? I thought Zack Snyder would have a heart attack or a massive coronary stroke yeah. from the amount of color that was in that movie. Yeah. It wasn't just black, white, and gray. And it wasn't just like they were just trying to make his suit light up or something. I mean, it was they created this world that was just... And the, the, the dialogue, if you pay attention to the dialogue and the little stupid shit, like when he's when he's riding down the chair and you scream, and they're fucking playing Willy Wonka in the back. Used to use your imagination. Yep. I'm, I'm dying. Yep. I, I just—that's why it's—it's it's probably overrated for me. But I—I I really enjoyed that one. 
I, I, I agree with you. The fun level in that movie. I mean, I didn't have yeah. it in my top five, but again, hey, I probably had hey, a bunch. Hey, we know each other. <laughs> we work together. That was fantastic. Like in in a Hulk's penthouse? Come on. Yeah, Seriously. Right. I mean, that that's just crazy. It was great. Um, for me, the, 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 the... Oh, yeah, Richard's number four. Yeah. Don't skip our guest. He won't come back. Thank you, guys. Uh, number four <laughs> for me has to be Civil War. And the reason is couple of reasons number one is that they took an incredibly complicated storyline from the comics because civil war was one of their arcs that took years yeah so it was a very complicated issue so it's like the watchmen of the mcu because that was a movie they said that could never be made on film and Zack snyder did an amazing job with the watchmen but you know it gave us cap's team versus iron man's team and they both had valid reasons iron man was listen we need to be put in check Right, because we we mess up and then we leave. And Cap says, "No, no, 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 you can't do this because this is the beginning of internment." So that's his generation. He is part of the greatest generation. You know, he fought in fought in World War Two. So I, I, you had both perspectives, and both perspectives made a ton of sense. But to put all those characters on screen, allow all of them to shine, and what the Russo brothers introduced us to who, Black Panther. And in those 15 minutes of screen time that Black Panther had, it was much better than the Black Panther movie. I loved that's, in the, I loved in that storyline, and I know that they did this in the comics too. I loved how they flipped. You would think that the person that would want order and 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 reporting and duty would have been would have been Cap. He would have been the guy that would have said, "No, nah, we got rules. We got to follow." Him. And Tony Stark would have been like, "Hey, I get to do what I want." I really enjoyed that. I like Civil War. It didn't make my top five, as you'll find out. Uh, my biggest reason was I hate it when I see the good guys fight each other, but that's just a personal issue. That movie was fucking amazing. And one of the things I think it made it amazing was because it, like Richard said, it ripped you apart inside because you understood and, and sympathized with both sides. Yeah, for they sure. They both made sense, and they were both friends. And at the end, it's like, but I was your friend. So yeah. He's my friend, too. I was your friend, too, or however it went. But yeah. it's it's it's... It just rips you apart because yeah. it's like watching your two best friends fight. It really does. And yep. it, was, it was crazy. And just, just to follow up on that, Mike, the greatest scene ever taken from a comic book is in that movie. You know the one I'm talking about where, I mean, Iron Man full blast his repulsors right into Iron Man's shield. That is stripped right from a panel. And I remember I sent you the panel. Right from Civil War. Yeah, it should when, have been. When those two said, this meant it's, it's mano a mano, and this is it, and that's stripped straight from the Civil War uh, panel comic book. Gotcha. Loved it. And at the end of that, when he gives him the envelope with the phone, hey, if you need me, call me. Yep. <clears throat> Just awesome. Just great movie. Your number four? <sighs> My number four, um, <laughs> Civil War. Moving on. <laughs> Good enough. Right. My, My number four uh, was the Avengers. Um, for reasons that we don't really need to go into, you got to see them all together. The CGI was great. It was a it was a battle on a scale that we had really not seen um, like that. I mean, you can argue maybe the two towers or the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit or whatever. It was just you know I, I mean Hulk <clears throat> smash. <clears throat> I mean what what more do you need? I don't even really need to go into it because everybody's seen it uh, a, a thousand times. That it just it was it was awesome. It was I thought it was the absolute perfect way to finish up Phase One. I don't think there was a comic book fan, new fan, old fan, longtime fan, whatever, that when they were in that theater and that scene happened where you saw every character back to back going in that circle, 
didn't choke up a little bit. Like, yeah. holy shit. When in your lifetime did you ever expect to see this on a, on a screen? Yeah. That was a huge, one of probably the best moments in Marvel movie history was that one scene. Agreed. Totally. Agreed. And that was your number what? That was my number four. Wow. All right. Yeah, I know. All right, so we go to number three. Number three, and there's no reason for me to add to it, uh, First Avengers, uh, to quote the late, great Stan Lee, enough said. Yep, I agree. Yep. Well done. Perfect. Um, yeah, my number three was Captain America First First Avenger. That movie, um, even before, I mean, since I was a kid, I had a grandfather growing up that was in World War II. He was a Marine. Um, I've been that corny America, USA guy pretty much my whole life. And then, you know, even aside from the fact that my son is now in the Army, uh, who I always say is my real life Steve Rogers, um, that movie, watching that movie, watching him, just he says it all the time. Like he said it numerous times, just a kid from Brooklyn. Um, why do you want to kill Nazis? I don't want to kill anybody. I just don't like bullies. There's just every cornball emotion in that movie, I think, stands out that that is, in fact, what Captain America's like. And that movie to me is just... It was huge, and it was it was very well done, and the whole World War II aspect of it. But the kind of all American that he is wants to do everything for the right reasons. That movie is just awesome to me. I agree. I agree. My number three is Iron Man, and um, we we touched on it. I'm just going to add a couple things. The first thing that impresses me so much about that movie is how engaging it is when you consider that the first 45 minutes to an hour, there's very minimal CGI. There's a lot of acting between. Robert Downey Jr. and the 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 Middle Eastern doctor that was there, you know that the 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 interaction between him and and Rhodey and this the sales and everything. The second one was you talked about how if this if Iron Man doesn't do what it does, the Marvel Universe isn't there. Think about this. I believe Iron Man released in May is either April or May. Hulk was right behind it in June. Hulk wasn't going to save the franchise. I feel Hulk was big, as big as it was because of Iron Man. So everybody was like, okay, well, we'll give you a pass. That, to me, what they did there, what Favreau put together, and it was not a, a CGI show. It was like, hey, we got to wade into this. I, I just the, 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 the performances of all the characters, all the characters, Favreau's character included, Jeff Bridges' character. I, I've always said that when you watch a movie, the movie's written for you to root for the good guy. That's what it's for. It was a Tony Stark movie. Yes, it was. But when you watch a movie and you go, I want to jump to the screen and fucking choke that son of a bitch, that guy's pulling that shit off. And I fucking hated Jeff Bridges in that movie. And I like Jeff Bridges. He's a great actor. I mean, he's the dude, for Christ's sake. The dude abides. Right? But he, that, that, that's, that's, why, that's why I've got it number three. Number three, so now we're down to number two. My number two. It's Richard's a, turn. Oh, yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Uh, number two for me has to be a movie that could literally take place today, and I would completely believe it, and they wouldn't have to change one single thing about it, and that is Winter Soldier. I honestly believe that actually took place. Like, it wasn't a movie. Is that because the meds are wearing off? <laughs> yeah. it, every time I see that movie, I just think to myself, my God, this could actually happen. The infiltration of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, what happened. The, the fight scene, again, we've talked about this before, but the fight scene between Cap and Winter Soldier 
as unlike anything we've ever seen before. The, the, I mean, I, I'd have to go to Dark Knight to come up with something that's comparable to that. Because when Bane and Batman fight on the catwalk and take it down, there's no CGI. It's just those two guys going at it. You know, the only difference is that in the Dark Knight, Nolan, both he and his brother, Jonathan Nolan and uh, uh, Chris Nolan, they wrote some amazing lines for Bane. Right? And you and I even quote them back and forth, you know, uh, you know, theatricality and deception, powerful agents for the uninitiated. You know, he wrote some great lines. It's just music. It's just those two fighting. Yep. That scene alone is just brilliant. Yeah. And it gets us the Black Widow, you know, and Steve Rogers, okay? And they have tremendous chemistry together. And it also gives us the Winter Soldier. Yep. You yeah. know, and Robert Redford turning in a bastard, you know, hell of a performance from Robert Redford. Yeah. I mean, it's That's, just brilliant start to finish. It's James Bond, the elevator scene where he, the last thing he says is, does anybody want to get off? Before we begin? I, I mean, yeah, I believe everything about that, that movie, start to finish. That's one so. thing that I have always liked about the Marvel Universe. If you take, if you take the entire universe, with the exception of Tony Stark, with the exception of, of Robert Downey Jr. coming into it at the beginning, he is legitimately the only known entity coming into one of these movies. Chris Evans was, I mean, yeah, he was in Fantastic Four, but that should have killed his career. You want to get right down to it. You know, you, uh, Edward Norton, okay, we'll give you Ed Norton on that, but... Hemsworth and uh, Scarlett Johansson, yeah, they're big names now, but 15 years ago, they really weren't. The acting that we they've been turned in in these movies, you know, everybody complains about, oh, they're just action movies. No, they got some they got some good acting going on, and, and you're right. Robert Redford, I mean, he's he's one of the all-time greats anyway, but he did. He was amazing in that. Yeah, completely. Um, so we are back to me, right? Yes, sir. No, yes, sir. Two. It is yeah. your easier turn. You may go. So I'm just having so much fun with this. I, I get lost. Um, without even expanding on it, my number two is the Avengers. Um, just the, the visuals in that movie that as a quote unquote grown up turning into a seven year old child sitting in a theater. Um, I just that that movie had everything. The, the, the lines, Tony Stark, the back and forth with Loki. Like, yeah, we're the Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Um, that's kind of what a, why I put it in the intro for, for this week's show. But the Avengers had everything. It's just all, everything that if you told us 15, 20 years ago, hey, you're going to see this in the movie someday, you'd be like, no way. It's just it's not going to happen. You know, I'm, there's just no way. So not to cut you off, that's my number two. Do you guys remember in the '80s when they kept teasing us with like a, an X-Men and it was going to be Schwarzenegger and Stallone and John Claude Van Damme? And remember, do you remember remember all that Thankfully, when they were talking no. talking about all that? Thank, thank God it never happened. But you're right. When the Avengers hit the screen like that, you're like, this is the first time this is ever going to happen. Like, oh, my God. Like, I, n- I never thought in my lifetime that we would see something like this. Yes. And, and we did. And the, the visuals in that movie were amazing. Other than Rugrats the movie, probably the greatest collection of actors ever on the screen at one time. <laughs> Rugrats. My number two was Spider-Man Homecoming. Said earlier, I said earlier, I said earlier, I got a soft spot for Peter Parker. Uh, Spider-Man's always been my favorite. I love that they took that movie, that they took an iconic actor like Michael Keaton. They made him a villain that was a legitimately believable villain that you actually had a little bit of pity for because, let's be honest, Tony Stark fucked him. Um, not literally. Not, not literally. Well, we don't know that. But no. But he, 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 screwed, he screwed him over the beginning. They didn't bother to go into the... the uh, the, the, what transformed him? I mean, I think the only time they ever addressed it was the beginning. Yeah, he says he says 
yeah, I got bitten by a radioactive spider. Well, can I get bit by that spider? And that was it. I loved that they didn't push Mary Jane on us. I loved that they didn't push, um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Gwen Stacy. I love they didn't push her on us. I love that it was a universe that they set up that they put this kid in that looks like a kid for a change. Andrew Garfield, I liked his character in The Amazing Spider-Mans, but he he was he looked like he was 28 years old. I didn't have any problem with him either. Yeah, I, but I, I, I love everything about that movie. The dialogue was great. Him learning about the suit, him hacking the suit. I just thought, I, and, and you literally had a teenager that wasn't Spider-Man angst. There was no teenage angst involved in it, and I never got that from Spider-Man in the comic books. And they tried to do that in the in the Peter Parker and the and the other ones. So I, I that's why it was there. The special effects were good. The great the, the the and 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 the best part of the movie was when Marissa Tomei walks in at the end and goes, "What the?" It was great. It was great. I loved it. Okay, yeah, that's a um, the, again, all these movies are so freaking good. Yeah, um, so we're gonna. Now we're down to number one. Our, our, awesome. Our number one. Our number one. Our number one movie. And who better to give their number one than the expert, Richard Alexander? If he says Thor, I'm going to fucking punch him right <laughs> in the throat. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Uh, we, none of us have even mentioned this movie yet, so it's probably everybody's number one. I'm just... just don't, you, don't you fucking do it. Well, I'm saying Infinity War okay. for me. And the reason I'm saying that is because I'm just going to add to this and let you guys, you know, add your two cents in. But here's a movie that we haven't seen before from this perspective. This is the first time we saw a movie from the villain's perspective who is responsible for the deaths of trillions. And he came across as sympathetic. Agreed. So agreed. I'm going to let you guys add your two cents. But for me, Infinity War was was the only movie that could have beaten Winter Soldier because up until then it was Winter Soldier but this eviscerated it I'm going to take the chicken shit way out because I have Infinity War in its own list Infinity War I didn't even include in this because I think that's in a class all by itself it's it's a collection of everything that has basically culminated for, for all of these other movies that we've talked about it's 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 on its own planet and, and that that's why I it's just kind of a disclaimer to yeah, I, I took the chicken shit way out. Uh, you know what? Uh, Infinity War didn't make my top five either, uh, and it didn't make my top five because it is. I'm not going to say it's in a, a realm of its own. I'm going to say that it was it was a movie that I had a couple of issue with. Nothing, nothing that I would complain about. But it was a movie that when I watched it, I was I, I was on edge. I was I was nervous and I was scared. I didn't know what was going to happen, and I thought that's what made it so good to for me. Uh, I recently watched Infinity War just a couple weeks ago with uh, our producer here, and we uh, we got done, and and I said, you know what, that's that's actually better than I thought it was. But when I looked at when I looked at my top five in Infinity War, these other movies did things for me that Infinity War didn't. Infinity War is a masterpiece. It's fantastic to have that many people. You're right, Thanos. You actually feel sorry for him when he pushed Gamora off the edge. You did. You're right, and it was the first one. And and I don't know of another movie where you can say he killed, you know, a bajillion of people, and it was justified. He had he had a legitimate reason. I'm not saying he should have, but I can't I can't argue with what you're saying there. That's that's a, a lot very, of emotion in that movie. Yeah, there is a lot of emotion. But yeah, so my uh, my number one, uh, and the, again, saying that Infinity War is 
on a completely different list was Winter Soldier. And I know we've already talked about it. Richard's already, you know, gone off on this. This movie was a kind of get teased saying this, but that was probably the most real comic book movie you'll ever see. Um, you know, granted the helicarriers and stuff are far-fetched, but the government infiltration, the Winter Soldier himself, everything, you know, best Steve's best friend comes back. There was just everything in that movie about it was enjoyable but stressful for, for that whole movie. It was it was great. Loved it. I, I'm going to say I, I feel bad. I don't have any Captain America uh, on my top five, and we said earlier that You know who else doesn't have Captain America on their list? ISIS. Just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> well, just so you know, the I got pamphlets for anybody who's looking to join. We're struggling right now. We're getting our ass kicked, but um, y- you're right. I, I, I want I, – I, I love them. I, dick, I understand where you're coming dick from. Dick move, Greg. Dick, dick move. move. Yeah, no. K- Ka- Captain America, red, white, and blue. Uh, USA, USA. Uh, I liked I liked Winter Soldier, and I think one of the things that's best about Winter Soldier is Winter Soldier's what threw the Marvel Universe into uproar and, and upheaval to give us Civil War and, and, and Infinity War and all that stuff going down. My number one we have not mentioned yet today. What? Uh, one person mentioned it today. My number one's Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck. Okay? That's and, a great pull. And this is why I'm going to say Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I remember playing. I remember playing softball with my church softball team one night, and one of the guys goes, "Have you heard the next movie they're making?" Keep in mind, we're we're at a church softball team here, and I said, "No." He goes, "The Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a fucking raccoon in it." That's what he said to me, and I went, "Who? Who?" I had no idea who it was. When I saw that movie, I I knew nothing about it, and I had so much fun watching that movie. Drax, uh, Yondu, my God. I, 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 and, and I'm going to tell you something. It's hard. It was hard for me to not put Guardians of the Galaxy 2 here. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Just Guardians of the Galaxy was so unexpected and so different. Everybody said they're just trying to do Star Wars. No, they straight up did Marvel, and they fucking crushed it as far as I'm concerned. there was I had zero complaints with that movie. Mike's over here shaking his microphone because he's angry that it's not on his list. I'm going to do a redo. A redo. A redo. That that was I just I, there was nothing about that movie I didn't like. I just thought it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's um I think it's a testament to what Marvel was able to do, take a property that nobody other than Richard probably had ever heard of and then all of a sudden made it a movie that exceeded expectations that everyone went to and just had a freaking blast. Yeah. I mean, I think their soundtrack was like in the top selling albums after the movie came out because of that but it was it was a blast and you're right it's it's a movie it's a movie that probably should be on that list and it was it was a game changer really because i can't tell you how many friends that you know as big as a nerd as i am talk about all these movies like oh that movie with the raccoon that's what they referred to it as the raccoon movie to to quote there's a fucking raccoon in it the talking raccoon in that tree yeah that'll do well yeah. Right. yeah, and it, 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 and it crushed. And it, did. it was it was so, amazing. So I you agree. know, and, and and on top of that, you throw in supporting characters like John C. Riley and Glenn Close, and uh, it was it was a, it was it was a masterpiece. And James James Gunn just home run. Yep, home Nailed run. It. So that about wraps it up. I know it was a little bit long this week, but Jesus, you get three guys talking about comic book movies, and it's it's going to go longer than an hour. I can promise you that. But. Um, big, huge thank you to, um, our now friend of the podcast, Richard Alexander. And it was just awesome to have you in for all your insight, all your 
knowledge of this fun, fantastic universe, and we just really want to thank you for coming in. Listen, it was uh, better than I expected. I had a lot of things I wanted to talk about, and you guys tested me, and I was able to give my two cents, and thank you so much. I had a blast, gentlemen. Plug, really. plug yourself for a minute, thank Richard. You. you got anybody you want to follow you on Twitter or anything like that? Uh, I'm a monster on social media. Uh, I'm an attorney. I'm a local lawyer. I do criminal defense. Personal I'm a injury. motherfucking monster, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've I've been in the area for quite a while. I, I'm on social media everywhere. You can find me, Richard A. Alexander Esquire. Um, and um, again, gentlemen, just thank you so much for having me. I really no, appreciate it. Was, it. it was it was our pleasure. Listen, we're gonna do the same thing for Endgame. We're gonna do the same thing for Spider-Man: Far From Home. We'd love to have you back, and you will be back for sure. So, on behalf of Greg, Richard, and myself, uh, we really want to thank you guys for listening and all the support. Please give us feedback, comments ridicule arguments thanks praise whatever it may be just uh tune in and give us some feedback and thanks again and remember if you keep listening we'll keep talking we're gonna talk no matter what so whatever <laughs> that's it man game over man it's game over over did you say over nothing is over until we decide it is was it over when the germans bombed pearl harbor hell no Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Incredible. One of the worst performances of my career, and they never doubted it for a second. <laughs> <laughs>